Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about the customer experience with the help of special guest Gavin McDonald of Guild Quality in Atlanta, Georgia. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. All right. Delighted client, happy client, satisfied client, raving fan, blah, 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 blah. You hear it all the time. So what is it really? So I've been maintaining to my consulting clients that most of the clients that we deal with already have very, very high expectations, especially because generally they're dealing with remodelers that have very, very good uh, reputations and tend to be a little more expensive than other people. Now, quite often as I'm talking to the production staff for a lot of these companies, they tend to have it in their head that as long as they clean up and as long as they're respectful and as long as they do quality work, the clients are going to be delighted or ecstatic even in some cases. And so I maintain that most of our clients think that that's the norm. That's like standard behavior and that something else has to be done to really wow them. So there are people that actually track this stuff. And so there are analytics. And I know uh, in the sports world, analytics is really, really big. Some people go like, yeah, we have to play the game that way. Others say, no, let's just play it the way we always did. But I think it's really important for us to understand that that people do track how clients feel about their projects. And I'd like to just admit right here that an awful lot of what we deal with is how do they feel? You know, it's not so much about the technical, you know, quality of the miter joints or anything like that. I've never heard a client say to a friend, oh, you just wouldn't believe how exact the framing is or man, they did a great job siding that LVL so that we never have to worry about it falling on our heads. It's always about some emotion that was left behind because of what the contractor did. Hopefully it's good. Oftentimes it's bad. So uh, that's the topic for this episode. I'm really excited to talk about it because maybe I'll find I'm wrong. Hopefully I'll find I'm right. But at least we've got a real expert to talk with. Steve? Yeah, this is a great topic. So I'm excited to welcome Gavin McDonald. He's the sales director at Guild Quality, a software company based in Atlanta, Georgia, that specializes in measuring client satisfaction for contractors. He's been working with small business owners ever since he started his own marketing automation company in college and has been involved in the software space ever since. In addition to running the sales team at Guild Quality, Gavin often travels to speak at various conferences to educate contractors on the importance of being customer-centric. Welcome to the show, Gavin. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Wow, what a compliment we get first off, gentlemen, there. That's uh, that's pretty nice. Okay, so... Uh, I aim to please, Tim. Okay. 
So, Gavin, just tell us a little bit in case a listener doesn't know what Guild Quality is. Uh, give us what it is in a nutshell, maybe the types of clients that you help out and maybe even like how many clients you guys have. Yeah, happy to. So Guild Quality uh, works with over 3,000 contractors all across North America. And essentially what we do in a nutshell is we measure and track customer satisfaction for people within you know, the remodeling and uh, contracting business. So uh, we're really big into data here. So what we do is we actually proactively reach out to customers after jobs have been completed on behalf of our members and just gather various different data points of uh, what they liked and maybe didn't like about the process and then provide that back to our members in a pretty uh, you know, in-depth software tool. Cool. So now, as I understand it, you work with contractors, but you also work with realtors and some others. Is that right? Or is, did I get that wrong? Yeah, so we work with really anything that touches the home uh, and specifically residential. Okay. Uh, so we do a little bit with realtors. I would say the lion's share of the work that we do are with remodelers or, or what we call, uh, you know, exterior contractors. So window replacement, roofers, okay. um, do some stuff with plumbers, as well as, you know, the custom home builders, production builders. So really anything within that residential contracting space. Okay, cool. So. Let's get right down to it, to get, get into some of your data. So I always think in threes, and I may it may be two, it may be four, but I'm kind of interested in what you think are the top contributors to what we would typically call a delighted client or a raving fan. And we can just kind of go slowly through them and talk about them. And because uh, I'd like for everybody to understand like what you guys feel like or what you see is what's really pushing clients buttons so that they're delighted with what we do. Yeah, happy to. So clearly the most important one, and this is something that we urge all of our members to have us ask is how likely is a customer to recommend your business to a a friend or family member? All right. Um, I mean, People come to me all the time and say, you know, I've got nothing but these great five-star reviews out there. Um, I, I know I do really great work, but then they also struggle with trying to get repeat business or really trying to leverage referral networks. So that is definitely the most important question to ask is you may have done a great job, but is that customer really likely to tell, tell a friend or family member or neighbor that, uh, you know, they have, you know, their ringing endorsement? And, yeah, I- you know, to dive down a little bit further into that. You know, so Guild Quality has been around since uh, about 21 years now. And, uh, you know, not to take uh, some uh, people to some dreadful times, but if we go back <laughs> to 2008, yep. when the, yep. uh, the economy was not so great and the, uh, the industry was struggling, one of the things that we found is through our membership base, those contractors who had a likely to recommend score uh, in that 90th percentile, so more than 90% of the people that they work with were likely to recommend them, were more than 85% more likely to stay in business. And those are the people that thrived through the downtimes. So when I talk a little bit about data and what's important to be tracking, you know, well, we are in some great times right now, but it's important to always, as I say, future pace. So understand, you know, what's important to, to keep track of so that I know I can continue to grow a brand, grow a business, and make sure that, you know, uh, the people that I'm working with are ultimately going to be satisfied. You know, customer priorities got to be number one, especially in the day and age that we live in with, you know, the internet and 
and just everything being highly visible. Now, is that also called, called the net promoter score? Is that also some, is that the same type of thing or is that a, something entirely different? No, it's in within the same vein. So net okay. promoter score is really a, a calculation that was put together um, through a really great book called The Ultimate Question, which helps uh, business owners create a sense of who are the raving fans and who are their detractors. And the net okay. promoter score ultimately is just a calculation delivered back to uh, the business owner as to you know where they fall upon, upon that line of detractors versus promoters. Yeah, Guild I think quality does offer an inherent service that we track net promoter score for our members, but likely to recommend isn't necessarily the, the okay. same thing. Okay. So one of the things that I think is so cool about this is I under, I recognize that sometimes clients aren't thinking about recommending you until you put it in their head and just asking the question kind of gets, Oh, I'm supposed to recommend them to somebody. And, and, and maybe that gets the juices flowing where they will actually go out there and do that for you. Yeah, I mean, we all know that the cheapest lead to run at the end of the day is a referral or a repeat customer. Right. So if you can turn your customers into your best salespeople, how does that affect your bottom line at the end of the day? You know? Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. So is there a number two or, or should we just stick with the one? We could stick with the one, but uh, we, we do have others as well that I think are highly important. Well, one of them would be communication. All right. So another very important metric that we track. So when we look back at you know, the members that we serve, we have a lot of people with, that might have really great scores and a lot of great reviews out there. But consistently, one of the issues that always comes back is communication. Now, people tend to think that that's pretty narrow focused. Uh, you know, how well did my project manager uh, com uh, communicate the project with me? But really, we can take it one step further. Communication is, you know, not just the face-to-face -face that you have with people on site every day, but it's also, you know, what was response time like when if I call up the office and how long does it take for me to get a call back? Because these sort of little micro interactions that you have with each and every individual within your company ultimately reflect on what that customer's overall experience is. So to put it this way, if I just, you know, redid my kitchen, I'm absolutely thrilled with it. And uh, my neighbor comes over and says, oh, who did this? Well, you know, I had my buddy Tim come out here and take care of this. It's absolutely great project. The only thing that I really had a problem with is I couldn't get anybody to give me a call back. Right. All right. I've now then planted this seed to my friends or to my family member that, Though my project is great, the customer experience really wasn't because it took so long for me to get a call back. So number two would definitely be communication. So uh, Sal Alfano wrote a great little article in the magazine about how Amazon has spoiled us and how, mm -hmm. you know, we can, we can get a box of goodies on our front doorstep the next day. And so our clients just assume, and I know for me personally, if I call somebody and I don't get a call back quickly, I'm upset. And I hope it's not because I think I'm so special, but it's just, I want the attention if, if I'm going to oh, take yeah. the time. And I think that's true for our clients as well. Yeah. I, and, you know, put yourself on the other side of it. Obviously, you know, through the course of a project, there's going to be things that come up and, 
your attention cannot always 100% be on it. You know, you, you're juggling a bunch of different things as a contractor, especially as a business owner too, that, you know, having that front of mind, being able to be really reactive to something, you know, doesn't always completely seep in. But being able to understand when problems arise before they happen, that's really why measuring stuff like communication is so important. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. All right, is there a third one we should be thinking about? Yeah, so to, to bring it home, on, and obviously with Guild Quality, we track dozens and dozens of different metrics, but if there was a third one that I, w- I would put to the table would be work done right, all right? So the reason that I put that in there is, uh, you know, we, we pulled some research from HubSpot um, from a couple of years ago uh, where they conducted a poll in terms of how likely were people to speak up when problems came up, all right? Oh, okay. And then we did our own independent research about how would that really reflect to, uh, you know, the contractor of the remodeling space. So, Tim, one thing you might be surprised to know, only one out of four homeowners actually speak up when there's a problem, okay? Mm. I'm Again, not surprised. About that. I've read some some stuff uh, like uh, where I'm reading a book right now about accountability and they they're talking about the same kind of thing where people quite typically won't speak up when there's a problem. Yeah. So being able to just have a third party ask that or not even necessarily a third party, just make this part of your process when you're wrapping up a job. Was everything done right? How were we uh, when it came to re- response and uh, responsiveness for issues? Are you likely to recommend me? You know, these sort of things are are key takeaways as to whether or not you really have a customer-centric business, all right? So if we go back to this work done right and the idea that people are not stepping up uh, when problems come up, well, this is the number one indicator of how you might get bad reviews. So people tell me all the time, well, you know, I've got this one bad review out there, but that person was just, you know, they didn't know what they were talking about. A total crackpot, right? But if you maybe you got in front of that problem and asked if the work was done right, and not saying that they are aren't a crackpot, but you might get a little bit more insight as to you know what their needs were and how you could have actually even prevented that negative review from ever going out there. As the world battles through the COVID-19 pandemic, one theme is constant throughout North America. How do we recover? Well, on Tuesday, May 19th, Remodelers Advantage is hosting the two-hour online special, Recovery 2020. Let's get ready to restart. This webinar will be a dual presentation with Doug Howard addressing the business side and Tim Fowler handling the production challenges. Visit remodelersadvantage.com restart to register. Now back to the show. So you've used this term customer centric several times. So mm-hmm. um, give us a little bit more about like, what does that mean? And, and I guess I, you know, coming from a production standpoint, sometimes carpenters and project managers think customer centric is they're always right, or they always get what they want, or you can use any, but so what, how do you define customer centric? Yeah, so, I mean, the simple way would be, you know, like, hey, it's just always putting the customer forward. But really, it's 
it's about the idea of customer experience. So going through a major remodel, I mean, that's a huge expense for a customer. This isn't buying a pair of shoes on Amazon where um, you might even forget that you ordered. This is a major life moment for people. So when we talk about how we do business, whether it's sales, production, or post follow-up, we really have to make sure that the customer is the center point of all of it. And that doesn't mean that the customer is always right, but the customer is the one who's making this big life investment. You got to remember that at the end of the day. I always tell people when I'm speaking to them from the customer standpoint, I don't care what you do, but I care why you do it. Okay. So if you have that sort of attitude going into it, why we do what we do, why we're the best, that's how I make buying decisions. And that's how most customers actually end up making buying decisions as well. They go with the people that are going to give them that why. Okay. Okay. So if we talk about, you know, the the idea of how do I create uh, like a customer centric or a culture of being focused on the customer, being able to articulate why that they have so many happy customers as opposed to just the types of work they do. That, that's the sort of thought process we need to start thinking about as we're looking to, you know, grow our business. So if I talk to, you know, a contractor who did, you know, 8 million last year and they have an aggressive goal to, you know, take that to 15 or 16, the easiest way to increase repeat customers and repeat business is have a really good understanding of why they work with you in the first place. You can isolate a couple of maybe key things within your process and use that to leverage more business down the path. And then ultimately maybe even get in front of problems, reduce headaches, all that sort of stuff that impedes growth. Cool. So let's go for lack of a better term, a little negative here. Um, Is there like real customer killers that, that you've noticed that uh, just no matter how much you communicate, no matter how much you, you know, uh, well, I guess you couldn't focus on them and do some of these things. But anyway, is there anything that you could just point to, like, like absolutely watch out so that this doesn't happen? You know, I, I can't say that there's one in particular thing that you really got to watch out for. Okay. From happening. What I can say, though, is don't be afraid of negative feedback. All right. Uh, they're the best of the best people from, you know, the guild quality membership basis. Those are the sort of people that really embrace the, um, the negative feedback, the bad reviews and stuff like that. You know, one thing you got to keep in mind as far as customers go, everybody's looking at you online these days. All right. It doesn't matter if, um, you know, I, I've known you since childbirth. Like I am still looking you up online and I'm still reading yeah. the reviews of people that uh, have worked with you in the past. All right. right. And negative reviews, they're, they're just going to happen. You're not going to yep. please everybody. Now, what you can do is you can find a way to make that work to your advantage. Okay. So, Tim, okay. do you have any negative reviews out there in your business? I hope not, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have, have you ever come across a negative review from something, um, you know, whether it's a business or maybe a hotel or a restaurant that's caught your eye? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen negative okay. reviews. Yeah, so have you ever seen the owner of said establishment respond to that review? Uh, not that I know uh, of. I can. I have. Steve? So, yeah. Okay. Many, yeah. many different times, so, yes. So one of the most powerful tools that we have in our arsenal 
is everybody thinks that this idea of reviews out there is just the customers have all the power. Now we're talking about, we want to be a customer centric business. You have just as much power in this situation um, and you might not know it. So every review platform out there, Google, Yelp, um, Guild Quality, uh, any of these things out there, if you have a negative review, you have the ability to respond to it. You just a little oh. icon and says, quick respond. And as you being the uh, owner of said establishment, you have the right to own each and every one of those pages. And you can go in and actually have, um, you know, an open dialogue. Obviously, you don't want to get into like an open argument on right. the web with these people. So I get that one star review, you know, these guys are criminals, they belong in jail. <laughs> what do I do as a business owner? No, I'm going to go respond to that person saying, hey, Mr. And Mrs. Homeowner, I'm so sorry you had a terrible experience. I'm the owner here. Give me a call at the office and let's make sure this gets uh, taken care of. We're going to do uh, right by you. Okay. So what has that done for future prospects? We just talked about how everybody's looking you up online anyway. Now a future prospect sees, okay, negative reviews happen. The owner of this business decided to respond to it in a proactive way saying, give me a call. I'm going to make this right for you. And now I'm again being customer centric. So go okay. back to your earlier question. What are some of the things you mean by that? Yeah. That means I care more about customer satisfaction than I do about saving face. So I had a question. Uh, I knew we were going to talk about reviews a little bit, but I always wonder like, what percentage of people that are positive about the experience actually put a positive review out there versus the percentage of people that feel like they had a negative experience? It, it, it feels to me like, and maybe it's just me, but I'm more likely like to respond to a survey if I had a negative experience because I feel like I want them to know that. But if I have a positive experience, it's like, why do I need to do the survey? So I'm just, do you have any sense of that, Gavin? Oh, totally. So anytime you're asking somebody to do something for you, you know, you, that's, a, that's really a major ask in the day yeah. of the life of the customer. All right. You know, we just did this work for you. You just paid us tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> we did it right. There weren't any issues that came up. Hey, and uh, by the way, would you go leave me um, a review on these four sites? And then will you also mind talking to this person who, uh, and doing a survey? And I'm not going to do that. I just gave you 50 grand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, th yeah. There's your five-star review right there. Yeah. On the flip side, yeah, the, the, the person who is super angry, yeah. Yeah, you, everybody's going to hear about it. I'm going to make sure that every single person and their mother knows about how I feel about this. So that's why I don't like the idea of people just coming in and saying, we're doing this to get reviews. We're doing this to get feedback. If you don't have an intrinsic value for the good and the bad, then customers are never going to do it. Okay. So what I always recommend is you finish up in somebody's home. You say, you know, Hey Tim, Hey Steve, how'd you guys feel about this project? Hopefully you say nice things. Well, we care so much about making sure that the next customer has the same exact experience that you do, that we send out this little survey, that's really just for us to get better, okay? Uh, I, I know it might be a little bit of time of your day, but we pride ourselves in making sure that we deliver the same sort of great experience to every single person that we work with, 
And we'd love to know areas that we went above and beyond and maybe areas that you fell short. So you should be receiving that and, you know, such and such days. Cool. Now I've taken this idea of do something for me to do something for the next guy. All right. If I'm doing something just to, to appease the guy that you paid $50,000 for, yeah, that's, that's not a big, that's not really the ask that I want. But you do something to ask about, you know, how can you help the next neighbor down there that, so that he has the same great experience as you do? Well, then we put a little bit more power, a little bit more weight in their voice. Gavin, this is awesome. So you basically were answering my question just then uh, in terms of improving. So my question is, Really, when companies get this information, you know, you have a certain amount of data, you find companies consistently getting better reviews. I mean, do you have any stories about companies that take this and use it as training? I mean, this is how we continuously improve based on the results. How does that work? Yeah, yeah so, you know, I always say data equals dollars. Well, it, it, um, I think just this past year, data became the single most valuable commodity <laughs> out there. It's more valuable than oil. It's more valuable than gold. Like, seriously, go look that up. Yeah. Oh, the reason yeah. Facebook is worth as much as it is. Uh, being able to have the data, the, the finite points of what you can do better and what you already know you do great, I can point you in dozens of different directions of members that I know who focus on you know, maybe I just want to uh, track over the next quarter. I want my communication score to go from an 85% to a 90. We already identified that as a key indicator. If I'm going to focus just by moving at 5%, the next quarter, how's that going to affect my bottom line? All right. Uh, within a program like Guild Quality, we can get ultra specific. So if I've got a, a sales team out there and, and I want to do some comparative analysis, you know, I want to compare you know, John Doe and, and Joe Smith here as to, you know, who is my A player and who's somebody that needs more training, we can track that information. So maybe John has got the uh, uh, likely to recommend score of 91, where Joe is at 88. Well, why is that? Well, let's dive down a little bit further. Well, according to their customers, John is more likely to show up on time. His projects have stronger communication and the work is always done right where Joe, we're, we're seeing uh, some, some drops. Maybe it's in communication, or, or maybe it's not showing up to the job on time. You know, just these little tiny micro variables with data, you make a, turn the volume up one, 2% on each one, and I guarantee changes in revenue. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, I guess my uh, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is people don't tend to ask specific enough questions, at least from my vantage point on surveys. And so what do you recommend in terms of that? Is you think they ought to be very specific? Things like, did my project team show up every day on time? Is that too specific or is that, or are you looking really more for uh, more generalized information? The answer is, you know, one is not necessarily better than the other. Okay. It's really about what you're trying to do to better your business. So if I know um, I have an issue with my guys showing up on time, then may maybe I use it as a layer of an accountability, and I do get ultra-specific. Okay. If I'm operating under the pretense, you know, I, I run a really good business. 
I know I do a lot right. I've got a lot of really happy customers out there. Then maybe I do want to broaden it up a little bit just to see if there are some, some tendencies of something like, you know, uh, communication or scheduling or something like that. Is that getting a little bit more traction in the, in the negative than I would have uh, initially thought. Now, specifically with guild quality, one of the nice things about going broad is we have uh, peer benchmarking. So I already mentioned that we work with 3,000 contractors all across North America. And if when we go broad, we can actually put people in peer groups. So mm. subsets of contractors based off of the type of work they do and where they are um, globally. So if I just want to run um, a peer group of, you know, remodeling contractors just based in, you know, Metro Atlanta, I can do that. But I need to be kind of hoping that everybody's asking those broad questions because then I can see what my scores are versus what the industry average to my market and to my segment are. Yeah, yeah. Really, really cool stuff. So um, I, did, I wanted to ask just I, I, maybe one more question, then we can start wrapping this up. But is there any distinction in like location, whether small towns, big cities in terms of of uh, customer satisfaction ratings, anything like that? Well, the big thing is, you know, a good business is a good business. Okay. So, you know, when um, it doesn't matter if I'm based in, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, or, you know, uh, somewhere in middle of nowhere, Iowa, a good business is a good business. Now, what I will say is things from a marketing perspective definitely change a little bit from a, from a local standpoint. Okay. So if you are in a you know, situation where you have, you know, 30, 40 people in your market that you're competing against, well, then it's really important that, you know, not only that you know what your strengths and weaknesses are, but you have the ability to highlight that. Again, people are looking for reviews. They're looking for testimonials. So being able to showcase showcase that's really important. Whereas if I'm coming from a small town and I don't have the competition, well, then it's just important to know uh, what my customers think I can do better. So I don't have to spin my wheels as much with project headaches. I know what problems are going to come up before they arise. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to start wrapping this up. And I just wanted to make a, a comment. You know, we try really hard on this podcast to not uh, push any particular product or any particular company. And Gavin obviously represents skilled quality. But I do want to say this, that uh, if you're not doing something like the third-party uh, surveying, uh, you should do it. And Remodeler's Advantage wholeheartedly supports uh, guild quality because of the, the quality that they do. And I want to let everybody know, too, that before I joined Remodeler's Advantage about three years ago, I used Guild Quality to survey my consulting clients, and I was thrilled to get some of those comments back that helped me get better. And I, I literally, one of them was pretty negative, and I literally, next time I saw him, I went right up to him and I said, thank you very much for telling me that through the survey because it's helped me get better. So it really can make a difference if you use it and use it well. Well, very kind words, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. So thank you so much, Gavin, for being with us. This has been fantastic. All right. Well, I appreciate the time, guys. So Sounds well. good. You're the man, Gavin. Take care, buddy. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.
Tim, this is a fantastic uh, <laughs> podcast. Once again, I've, my brain's running here. <laughs> I love talking about the customer. I think it's something that's not talked about enough, the customer experience. Um, we do so much stuff out there, uh, just so many moving parts, and it's a juggle to make people – Happy. It really is. It truly is from the start to the finish because it's a long I, – I just went through it at my own house and, you know, <laughs> they could not have been good enough because it was so hard to go through the, the process, you know. So uh, it's so important to keep an eye on and I love the term customer-centric. It just, you know, putting them at the forefront is uh, it's so important, the process of, of making customers happy. Yeah, I think a couple of things that hit me – just finding the why, I, I mm-hmm. hadn't really thought about that, like finding why your clients really love you as opposed to what did you do? Because I think we tend to, to focus on that. And then the idea of um, getting getting them to fill out a survey based on, hey, we want to keep giving good service or maybe improving our service for the next time around or for the next client. I thought that was kind of an interesting insight that I, again, had not thought about, but yeah. I love to learn these things from the people who do this kind of thing all the time. So I, I loved that. I was a little bit surprised by his third point that, you know, work done right uh, is a really important uh, aspect of that. And I want to reinforce the fact studies have proven that clients will not speak up most of the time. And so we have to be very proactive to be not only do the work right, but to ask how are we doing all through the project. And yeah, it's it's so important. And you know, there are gonna be uh, certain clients out there that are disagreeable. It's just a part <laughs> of the business. And you know, it, it also stresses the fact that even before the um, customer centric part is you got to be very particular in your customers that you're working for. That gut feeling yeah. can tell you a lot. But the most important part, as Tim said right at the end here, is that you learn no matter what. If it's their fault, who cares? You have to learn from the process. There is something you can change to get better. Definitely. All right. Well, once again, we would like to thank Gavin McDonald for joining us today. We always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.